Mike and Diana gather playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and Diana gather playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for week four of Big Brother All-Stars. My name is Mike Bloom here for another week, really serving as the bidet of RHAP podcast and that we are the cool jet of water to maybe clean out some of the, for lack of a better term, crappiness that has been occurring in Big Brother All-Stars so far. We have a great panel here to break down everything from week four. Of course, uh, someone who I would never leave hanging, unlike everyone in the veto competition, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy that you brought up the bidet situation. I was also thinking if we're going bidation, based on those bidet. Oh, yes. <laughs> Given the whole bidation we have going on here. Uh, no, I was actually going based on the analogy that Enzo made with Danny being the the weed. What was her, the gardener? Yes, the yeah, gardener. gardener. Planting and the and he wants to be the weed whacker. That's what I was going to say. This is the weed waxation. Waxation. What is it? Activity competition. <laughs> Oh no. Anyway, the whole point is we're here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to break up the monotony of Big Brother 22 and talk about a lot of really fun things. And it's actually ironic because I believe some people have said they need weed to get through the Big Brother B&B. So let's make sure we don't whack it sooner rather than later. Uh, we are so happy to bring this guy on. He's been a standout of the class of 2020. You've heard him talk B&B a couple of times, but this is his B&B debut. Bill Thompson, welcome to the B&B. How's it going? What's going on, Mike and Liana? Thank you for so much for having me. Um, this week is it's great to be on the B and B this week, just because I have been watching the show mostly fuming for the most part, and so it's very fun to be able to come on here and just have some fun and be able to just let loose and just talk about this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun it's fun to fume sometimes. As well. <laughs> We're not going to preclude people from fuming, but you, we certainly have the right to go on the on the lighter side here. Uh, for people who don't necessarily know you, Phil, from the couple times you have appeared on the recaps proper, just give a, a quick little intro about who you are and your fandom and history with Big Brother going into season twenty two. Yeah, so I am a film student, um, and I've been a Big Brother fan. I've been a Big Brother fan for a long time, maybe about like five or six years at this point. Um, and I just, I really love the strategy of the game, but I also really love just like the television production side of it and like the storytelling side of it. Um, and so it's just great to kind of just watch like the live feeds happen and then watch how they piece everything together and watch how they edit the story. That's like one of my favorite parts of just like reality TV in general. Um, and so it is great, always great fun to just like, even though like if I'm not enjoying something, a hundred percent. It's just great to just watch them piece it together. And, you know, it's enjoyable. Well, because you're also watching it from that unique perspective, which mm -hmm. is at least even if it's not from an entertainment perspective going the way you want, at least you can maybe learn something from it. Oh, what was the choice that they made here in order to assemble the story in that way? So I think that's definitely looking on the bright side of things. You can get some type of enjoyment out of Big Brother. With Big Brother too, it's sometimes like you learn like what not to do. You know how like mm -hmm. <laughs> there's so Wait, like, are you saying you don't insert random boings and cartoon sound effects in the middle of every scene you do? Oh yeah, that 
10 second shot of Janelle with the um, uh, like the hail hail the chief or whatever song last episode (laughs) was a little bit much and i learned you know maybe i shouldn't do that (laughs) better than film school honestly (laughs) big brother is film school okay well i actually have a question right because they use so many sound effects like does does that bother you do you like that do the the christmas bells every single Uh time christmas does literally anything I do kind of appreciate like the hard work they put into it. Like I do appreciate how like they're like, all right, we have nothing going on. Let's just put in like this is going to be Christmas's bit. This is going to be Ian's bit. I don't know. They I like the fact that they're like, let's just give them something that the, the audience will, will like a Christmas jingle every time she speaks. I don't know. Uh, it's funny. And also watching them like use the same like they all all the reality TV shows have the same exact score like Kitchen Nightmares, Shark Tank. It's always the same. Zoom in. <laughs> bang. It's great. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Big Brother also is one of those. I think that really hammers in that trope where every time someone's name is mentioned, it'll go boom and then cut to that person. <laughs> or even when someone says my alliance, it'll cut to like all six people in that alliance with these sound effects. I mean, if you're talking about the interesting tactics that the BB edit makes. This is an, an interesting week for you to come on because we had a very outside production element influence this week. And we got to see last episode on, on Thursday night's episode, like the way they tried to really tell that story as that Ian has this octopus epiphany just pop out of his head with nothing whatsoever influencing him behind the scenes or even over the wall. Yeah, Mike, I, I have no idea like what you're talking about right now. Ian is for sure like the gr- like a mastermind. He knew the whole time. He just like it just took him a little bit, but like to vocalize it. But no, he, def- trust me, Ian knew the whole time for sure. Like, o- like obviously, right? I mean, yeah, no one was. Nothing I mean, happened. yeah. Well, they can never hide anything like that, you know. Like, come on, it's it's reality TV, which means it's 100 percent real. So they're never. Come on. Yeah. We know Ian for his, he's always just very, very intuitive with stuff like mm. this. Yeah. Oh, especially <laughs> when he gets together with Kevin, like, my God, look out. Like, the library <laughs> is full because those guys have reads for days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, no, the reads for days, but it's like the encyclopedia that's, you know, 30 years old at this point. And so a lot of things are out of date. Like, yes, (laughs) but also no. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you about uh, what this President Reagan might be up to. This is I think I've truly got my finger on the pulse here. And you could tell I feel like the edit again, speaking towards uh, that perspective, things. I don't know. Maybe this is a bit of like confirmation bias. It seems to me like they're starting to kind of paint Kevin as a little aloof, right? Like, I think the Sunday episode was when he was talking about, oh, my tarot cards are sometimes upside down. Or, like, after the nomination episode, he's like, I don't know how this happened. Like, I'm usually so good at detecting this stuff. So, I don't know if we're going to full out get a sequence of just Kevin having legendarily bad takes. But it does feel like they're skewing that way, sort of like what they did with Memphis a couple weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, you mean in terms of like setting them up to be setting him up to be the like boyoing kind of like fall guy, right? For all of the incorrect. <laughs> yeah, they're really the boyoing guy. <laughs> yeah, you know they always have one every season. I believe that's the vernacular that's used. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure just what happened with Kevin in general. I feel like he was never usually like this, but now I feel like at this point, like in the second half of the season, they should just play him for laughs every time he says anything. It's kind of like an ironic character almost like I, I have no idea what you're even talking about right now I I, 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 it's, I don't get it at all 
this is this is a, a very interesting week to talk about because again i think while the outcome was set in stone basically the moment enzo rolled that third ball into its hole there was a lot of stuff going on both on the shows and on the feeds We'll see how much that sets up, considering that speaking of Jingle Bells, Christmas is now taking up residence in the HOH room. But Liana, what what have been your thoughts on the way that that Big Brother progressed in week four, considering what happened and what's to come? Right. So, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons and I'm pretty sure this started in week three of like old school versus new school. And what does that mean? What is new school gameplay look like? What does old school gameplay look like? And I think what we're seeing in terms of the new school play is something that is much more subtle. And that's what happened this week. This week, the game was afoot, right? Like everything was going on. It just so happened that things were much more subtle in terms of how the gameplay was happening. The seeds that were being planted, the relationships that were be that were being cultivated, all of it was so much more subtle, so much more under the radar than what may be considered old school Big Brother, where relationships were very much out in the forefront. And I think this week sort of encapsulated the difference between old school versus new school. Yeah, I think that like, Big Brother, obviously Big Brother has evolved. And so I think before this season, all of us were saying like, this is all stars. These all, all these people have played the game before. They know what to do. We're going to see gameplay like we never have before. Big Brother 22 is going to be the next evolution of the game. And I think it has been, but maybe not in the way that we want, where <laughs> the people are playing so some, like at least some people are playing per- really well and they're playing subtly. And, you know, it's not as fun to watch, I guess a little bit. Um, but it, it still is a, like a great evolution of the game. And, I yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I don't want to connotate, you know, what old school and new school gameplay is. But I guess if I have to to broad brush it, it seems to me like old school is appropriated with more short term gameplay and new school is more about long term gameplay, where I really feel like one of the reasons why this majority has succeeded in a certain manner speaking is because they've kind of set up a hit list, right? They've they've set up rings within rings and so they know like okay if and when we win next week this is who we get rid of whereas old school gameplay maybe this is why janelle and caser were all about shaking things up the first few weeks was definitely more about like yeah you know what let's just get through this week and then we'll see who wins hoh and then we'll go from there even again in the og big brother all-stars even when the 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 uh season six or seasick was in power it felt still like a bit flighty. You know, I don't think uh, James was sitting up there in the HOH week two with Kaser being like, I can't wait to go after Chicken George next week. It, it seemed like really, depending on the HOH whims that particular week, they would put two people up. And I think that's sort of what we got in the form of Memphis in week two, right? He still personified that of, okay, there was a plan from the rest of his alliance, but he said, nope, this is my week. I'm the HOH. I want to do what's in my own self interest. And so I, I think it does end up sort of breaking down by those lines. I guess through that lens, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if if we do connect this back to, you know, Derek and the bomb squad slash detonators, as, as many people have done, including that article from TV Guide. But I think that's sort of how I have been seeing it now from the past few weeks that maybe it's less old school versus new school and more so like nearsighted versus farsighted in a manner of speaking. 
Uh, I think it's that. And I think it's also the alliance structure itself. So I think when you talk about, you know, what does modern Big Brother look like in the past couple of seasons? It is a Big Brother. Okay. Big Brother at its core is about being in the best position with as many people as possible, meaning that you have close ties to as many people in the house. So the way to optimize that is to have all of these sort of Venn diagram alliances to put your you in the best position with everybody else. And so if that is the optimal strategy, then it makes sense that you would want to try to have these almost Venn diagram concentric circle alliances. So I think it is both playing for long term, meaning you have all of these barriers, you're in the core, you have all of these other circles spread out from you. So that allows for the long term gameplay. But in order to have that long term gameplay, you have to have those sort of concentric circle Venn diagram alliances, which is why when Janelle and Kesa are saying, hey, I will offer you two weeks of safety. Uh, uh-uh. Like that's not going to cut it. That's just not something that is seems to be optimal gameplay, at least with the way that the strategy of Big Brother has evolved. Yeah, I think that is also what is a little bit frustrating about the whole thing is that like like people have been saying the last few months or yeah the last few weeks sorry like this you know onion alliance strategy is just the correct way to play and everyone is playing kind of like it's the best the best way to play which is why i think that like big brother should have like really reconsider just the whole structure of the game i feel like like if we did go back to like a celebrity big brother, like a three week thing, because I, like now, like the seasons are like a hundred days. So like you were saying, Mike, it's the long game, but like, what if we did like instead, like just think about this. What if instead of like a full three month game, we just watched like three one month games or something like that. You Ooh. know what I mean? Where people are playing really fast and you know, it's like a little bit more messy, a little bit more sloppy, but maybe it'll be a little bit more fun to watch. I'm not sure. But it's just something. To all think. right. All right. No, I like this. OK, so we're going to do a one month game, a big brother. If you win, you get the prize. If he finishes runner up, you stay in the house and then the next group of people move in. No, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> we but, learned but, that but, lesson from Paul. No. <laughs> well, it's going to be Paul. Yeah, it do, will only be Paul. <laughs> do the other people know that that person was the runner up of the game or no? Do they Ooh. go in? Like, were they quarantined for a whole month and then they just walk in? Yeah, and they, they, think- they were They were kept in the BB basement for the entire month. So they got like led up from the basement and now they, they don't know what's going on. They've been literally living in the dark for an entire month. <laughs> yeah, but then you have the third group. Are they going to be in the Big Brother attic? <laughs> so yeah. then you like bring the group down, bring the group up. Yeah, really, it's going to be like an upstairs, downstairs thing where these people are going to be quarantined in two different levels of the house and then they all just sort of swap places depending on when they play. This is becoming more like that Fox show Utopia. If, if, if yep. it's just like every single month, like just new people come in. We just, we're Big Brother all year long. Like you, we just watch feeds all year and there's just winners every single month. <laughs> that would be there hilarious. we go. <laughs> I think, listen, it's better than, we could, we could make it happen. I think, I think we could look to shake up the formula. Well, let's start getting into our, our B&B fair here and let's get into our preseason predictions off of the guy who left this week and really, uh, I don't know why I was going to say lit his butt on fire, uh, but I guess he lit a trail behind him. I think that's where I was coming from. Let's Does talk about that. Even make sense? I, what does that a, mean? Like he lit he a lit match a- and then like left fire in his wake or something. That's the image I'm coming up with, but it somehow landed on lit his butt on fire. Let's not <laughs> fixate on it. Is that a super uh, comic? Oh yeah, not the spoil things. Uh, Fire, but probably. 
old fire butt. Uh, no, <laughs> that's Memphis. That's Memphis. Somehow, I don't know. Like old fire butt, old, old fire butt over there. Uh, I had feeds on this morning, and he's just like he's grumpy in the mornings. His you know co-host has left, and he's just sitting there like a Sith Lord with his hood up, just like mm, being all fire butt in the kitchen. Oh, Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Well, we have plenty. We'll have a lot to say about fire butt later on. But Liana. Kaser was, I think, one of the very popularly fond after names going into this, considering how long ago he played, maybe second only to Janelle. What was your take on him preseason? So I was so, so excited to see Kaser come back for a third season. I thought, look, Janelle is going to be in there. Janelle is going to take the brunt of the target first. He's going to go a little bit further just to temper expectations. However, (laughs) for this, I was a little less excited and optimistic. So I did say that Kaser would be pre-jury. Of course, it's Kaser. It's Kaser. He's Mr. Pre-jury himself. Thank you, Cody. And uh, I said that Look, we all love Kaser, but he just can't help himself. He's going to play too hard, too messy, too quickly, and will become a big target. But I also said that he will be the sweetest person on the season. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Um, But he would be assigned a punishment randomly. And his comic book name would be Laser Kaser. That's pretty good. Like like Jedi Janie, something like that. There's kind yeah, of like, like a robot, yeah. maybe like a Borg with like lasers coming out of his eyes. He does stare very intently when he gets into those strategy conversations. Yeah, exactly. That's clearly what I was going for. Well, I had the hope that Kaser would be able to just like inch his way over the finish line and that he'd be the first or second juror. Uh, I didn't have a high hope for him, but I'm like, all right, if, if we're gonna have a season to break the curse, he's gotta come back for this third time. I said, we'll get a sequence of him explaining things to people only for them to be confused by what he said in the DR, which I think has been more appropriate to Ian. Like the, I'm going to explain something confusing and then cut to people in the DR saying, what? With probably a little boy yoing after it. I said that in true Kaser fashion, he would win at least one comp in the first three weeks. And he will have a surprisingly goofy moment caught on the feeds. And though he won't wear the FBI hat, he'll have another piece of wardrobe that becomes iconic, which I guess. He didn't have maybe the NASA shirt. He also had these little blue shorts that were um, quite the the hot topic. Uh, is, is that something that his wife had to put out a statement about? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was about. Um, but my uh, superhero name for him was uh, Kesar the Number Cruncher. Hmm. <laughs> 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 And it, so, it was just off. It was off of Cody mispronouncing his name in the premiere as Kesar. Oh yes. Okay. Great. So does he have like an abacus? Uh, yeah, exactly. In his comic, and or he's like throwing letter, throwing numbers, throwing letters. <laughs> he's a letters, letters can letter be math crunching. too. That is true. That is true. I, uh, I really thought the superhero. I mean, we'll see. But like, I like it might be something like that has to do with, with the FBI or something like that. Uh, but maybe I, I, I have no idea. I mean, he did put on the FBI hat in this episode, in this past episode, when he gets evicted, or right before I guess he gets evicted, which I had never seen on the feed. So I think he was just like hiding that somewhere, like in then, his bag or something like that. Like, yeah, just wait out. Maybe that production gave it to him like right before he was evicted like all right just put this on the fans will go crazy because they yeah. know they know who we like you know what i mean they're yeah, just like, like all right 
please take this. Do you think he like tried to get it past wardrobe and they held on to it until this moment happened because they didn't want to spoil the moment anytime beforehand? So I guess that means you think that Nicole when Nicole Frangel gets evicted, they'll like put the germitard onto her. They've been holding on to it the entire time. Ian has the dog costume. They'll do the germitard and they'll also have the frog costume over it too. It'll just yeah. be great. It'll be public humiliation for Nicole. <laughs> be fantastic. I mean, we already come public humiliation for Nicole's last night's speech. So this is just yeah. icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so I've been I've been thinking about that speech a lot because I was, you know, very much enjoyed being on the recap last night, but I don't think I had time to really like sit and think about it for a while because when you know he he Kaiser gives the speech that everyone always wants right like he's gonna blow everything up but because Kaiser is just so chill with the way that he communicates like I remember thinking this is a huge deal what is going on but yet because he's so casual with how he communicates it's just like yeah there's a love triangle blah 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 <laughs> it's like wait but you're blowing up the house right now oh crap <laughs> yeah, I love it though because I feel like he has that almost gives him like a surety to his tone uh, and I think that's also another reason why maybe people thought he was dangerous was because like he talks with a lot of confidence uh, you know when he does speak he speaks with that gravity to it so you know if, if he sort of like was a bit more I don't know, shrill about it. it. It wouldn't, it would be more energetic, but it wouldn't land with as much of a punch. But man, that Cody reaction in particular, uh, coupled with the Danny and Nicole hug reactions, like that just made this, that might have been just been the best episode of the season just for that like five minute chunk alone. Yeah, although it would have been hilarious if we saw Kaser just scream that entire speech. If he was for the first time, Kaser he put on the black FBI hat and then he said, "Okay, this is exactly what is happening." <laughs> Everyone would have lost their minds. Yeah, well, I want to see like the prison Mike version of Kaser, like the character he puts on <laughs> FBI Kaser. The FBI case there. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Should he have put the FBI hat on before he gave the speech? Or do you think it was better that he waited until after? He should have put it on before and being like, all right, guys, I've actually I've actually been working for the FBI this whole time. I was tapping in, doing some surveillance. And you know what? Here's exactly what's going on. And then he'll just be able to. Yeah. Well, that. I think what Kaser could have done is he could have said, like, look, I have a lot of intel about what's going on because I know someone in the FBI. Hey, everyone. My name's Sam Wilkerson. I'm in the FBI. This is what's going on. <laughs> Very Burt Macklin. <laughs> I was just about to say Burt Macklin, like throwing stuff everywhere. Well, apparently I so at the time of recording this, I actually just posted my exit interview with Kaser. And apparently he told me that uh, while everyone was getting up to vote, apparently him and Cody got into like a little bit of a tiff or not a tiff as much as, as like a, sar- a sarcastic comment off where uh, Cody was getting up to vote and Kaser's like vote your heart Cody and Cody's like oh you're delusional you're just so delusional and it's so it seemed like you know Kaser I think believes that Cody didn't take things personally they they sort of gave the good game Pat but I don't know it seemed like Cody was a little riled up in that moment I would have loved to maybe we'll see a part of that conversation on, on Sunday because I know they sometimes like to show what happens in between things I'm so excited for Cody to enter poly mode where he's just completely unhinged. He's just like, he thinks he has it all together and it's all going to work out, but then he's just going to go off the rails. He's going to be talking smack about everybody. I'm, I'm, it's, it's coming. It's coming. We just got to wait a little bit longer. I know a lot of people don't like Polly Calafiore for numerous reasons, but he is one of my favorite reality TV show contestants because of 
the character that he is. So I, for one, Phil, would be very excited <laughs> for that to happen because, oh my gosh, it would just bring me so much joy. And for some reason, I'm also now just thinking that Cody slash Cody and Polly mode would would be like, oh, female body inspector, <laughs> like something like that. I don't know. Oh, imagine like he says, instead of taking out his FBI hat, he has a female body inspector shirt and it tries to also take on his FBI character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Polly for me is like if Cody was on like a sitcom right Polly is like the season 8 like philanderized version of Cody you know what I mean like where yeah they're like oh wow then Big Brother really jumped the shark when they really yeah. did like that Cody character took a real turn I mean, around the fourth or fifth time we saw him <laughs> he's like the that's, complete caricature you know that's so true though <laughs> it definitely feels that way and then of course they did like a spinoff right that's the challenge so the, the, the Polly Cody character gets sent over there <laughs> oh my goodness all right well let's start getting into our games and we've got a lot of actually like on a poly note crazy uh you know kooky things to talk about this week so liana get us started Yes. Okay. So the very first game that we are going to play, this was given to me by Anne on Twitter. So thank you so much for submitting this game. And it is called Audience Avatar. So it is up to the two of you. We'll alternate back and forth, but you have to guess whether or not a quote was either said by Kaser in the DR or our very own Amon Adwin on Twitter. Oh, yes. <laughs> so the answer is either going to be Amon or Kaser. Um, and obviously, these are all quotes about Big Brother 22. Wow, this is interesting because I'll, I will be, maybe I just have Puya on the brain because Puya is such a huge Kaser fan. I would assume it would be Kaser or Puya. But now, the more that I think about it, the more I do think that, like, I think Kaser and Amon do sort of have like a similar temperament and way of thinking about the game that this might be harder than initially expected. Well, we will have to see to make it also, of course, uh, fair a little bit harder. But uh, Anne changed all of the identifying names and pronouns to make them less specific to the person speaking. So uh, just so y'all know. All righty. Let's go ahead and start things off. Mike, I'll give you the first quote. And the first quote is, it just doesn't sit right in my soul that Janelle will leave before Nicole. That's not how this should work. Oh, okay. This is already so hard out of the gate. Because <laughs> I could feel like both of them would say that, right? That, again, talking about that gravity. Both of them are Sarah Bareilles bringing that gravity. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know if Kaser would say it hurts me in my soul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Amon. That is correct. Yes, that one was an Amon tweet. Also, I really got you with that Sarah Bareilles reference. <laughs> I, hit, I hit you right in the, where, the, where the white girl hits you. <laughs> that is the, the, the first and only time I'm sure I will hear a Sarah Bareilles joke <laughs> on a <laughs> podcast. But I appreciate you, Mike. This is, this is why we're podcasters. <laughs> okay, Phil, this next quote is for you. All right. Tyler won the HOH fair and square. I don't expect them to deviate from the plan. Oh, that's for sure. Kaser. 
Like, right, because he says, all right, wait, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> you're like, wait, I don't want to dig myself into a hole with my explanation if I'm wrong. So can you <laughs> confirm for me? Yes, you are. You are correct, Phil. And <laughs> saying deviate. You know, that's just how Kayser is. Like, I don't not do not want them to deviate. You know, I, I, I don't even like who else would say that in the house but Kayser. Yeah. yeah. I also remember <laughs> that I think uh, people were pointing it out because there was that whole quote-unquote controversy that Tyler rang in with the beer steins before his mug hit the end of it and so they were saying maybe his HOH should be revoked and so that was sort of like wait was Kayser making a call out to us that he actually did win fair and square mm-hmm. yeah right exactly so uh, so that was definitely a Kayser quote Mike let's see if you can guess this next one they know that they have very limited options. So I'm hoping that Memphis, who's a comp beast, wins and chooses to use his plus one on either Janelle or Kaser. Amon is not calling Memphis a comp beast. I have to go with Kaser here. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> Amon would never give that much credit to Memphis. <laughs> like I feel like if he did, it would be in quotations, and it just did not feel like it was an ironic, uh, you know, uh, name calling for Memphis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Phil, this one's for you. Here's the good news: they can't take everyone out at once. Somebody is going to come back pissed after this. Hmm. You know, I think it is Amon. Am I correct? No, I'm sorry. Oh, that one was Kaser. Wow. Yes. I thought it was Amon as well. <laughs> I don't know. Pissed. That's I, not that uh, that's like Amon's favorite word. You know, that's Paul's favorite word. But I still still did not expect, you know, Kaser would be throwing around that. Like yeah, that. I don't think I didn't. Maybe that shows that Kaser really hasn't watched that much Modern Big Brother. He can just use <laughs> pissed without like making a reference to it. Well, I will say one of the difficult parts of this is the fact that you have both Kaser as Kaser in the DR and Kaser as trying to perform some of the lines that Big Brother has graciously given to him, including ones like, I'm doing this for America. Oh, <laughs> I read the veto. I'm line. doing this for BB Nation. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually heard that like when because when production was casting the season, they you know they thought Paul was gonna be on, so they wrote all these Paul lines out. And so then they're like, Oh, set, Paul's not coming. We'll bring in Kaser. They're like, All right, uh Kaser, just read this right here. Yeah, the, <laughs> the this, direct this substitute for Paul is Kaser. It's not Kaser being like, things are very gumpy right now. <laughs> not friendship. I mean, essentially the same. The one for one for one. <laughs> okay. BP. <laughs> KK always pulls through. Comes oh, through. Very, no. Nope. One to, nope. 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 <laughs> All right. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Uh, Mike, we're going to go ahead and go back to you. I'm extremely irritated, but I'm successful because I'm relentless. I take my disappointment, my frustration, and sometimes my anger, and I channel them into what I want. I feel like that's a caser thing. Uh, I think Amon is very self-affirming, but I don't think that self-affirming has to like, I'm angry, but I'm going to weaponize this into something. And that does feel like something. Caser is all about like pumping himself up, whether prompted by the DR or not. So that feels very casery to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is correct. That one is also a caser quote. Phil, this yes. is going to hell in a handbasket. Ooh, man. All right. I do think that that is a line they fed Kaser. Um, am I correct? No! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was, oh. that was an Amon quote. That's, that's hard, right? Because it does yeah. definitely yeah. sound like yeah, one somehow that they Kaser would, would be able to sell hell, hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I was trying to do the reverse psychology thing where it's like, oh, that sounds like a, um, an Amon thing, but the production fed that. But mm-hmm. no. All right. Well, don't worry. We still have a couple questions left. You can definitely catch up to Mike. Mike, this quote is for you. They better not keep us waiting till kingdom come this time. We deserve to be put out of our misery swiftly if this veto doesn't go our way. That's Amon. That is Amon. <laughs> I like I just have I can visualize the tweet. In my mind, those 140 characters, that is Amon. <laughs> yes, that is Amon. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Phil, we're going back to you. Uh, Memphis has proven to be a bit erratic with his decision-making in the house. This could go wrong in a number of ways. Um, so I do think that that... Okay, oh, dang it. I want to catch up to you, Mike, so bad. <laughs> Okay, I I'm going to say that that is Kaser because I do think that you know Kaser still does does or he did have a little bit of trust for Memphis and so he just a little bit confused by Memphis's motives. Um, and I feel like Amon would know Memphis's motives. Okay, please tell me I'm correct, please. <laughs> I have the utmost pleasure of telling you. Yes, you are oh. correct. That is the correct logic. That is definitely something that Kaser said. Uh, and totally uh, fits. Amon, again, would never even yeah. <laughs> say anything close to remotely that nice about about Memphis. Okay, Mike, uh, we're going to go back to you. No, Kaser, you need to off... Nope, that one doesn't even make sense. So we're going to go ahead and skip that one because, okay, Mike, this was, is your quote. Was this case for like Gollum-ing in that one second? Like, <laughs> talking to <Kater>. himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was a greater chance that the global pandemic would be resolved rather than Kaser not going up on the blood. No, Ned does also does it make well, any I, sense Kaser also, I, I think Kaser also said that too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm out of questions <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I used them up. Uh, it was a close <laughs> game though. So uh, Phil, you're only two points behind Mike, but Mike, uh, you've taken the win here. Uh, you have uh, correctly identified the Kaser versus Amon 
quotes. So I guess congratulations. Did I technically Christmas this and that like everything just fell apart at the end and I somehow won this thing? I think that's really what it was. Much like the the button comp, the less or the fewer should have been fewer um, or the running competition as well that Christmas won because everyone else threw it. I think that might have been the situation, Mike. I'm down to win by a fluke. You know, let's let's do one more. Let's do let's find out one more question for me to win or something like that. You're like, let's do a winner take all type situation. <laughs> exactly. One question for all the marbles. Uh, <laughs> so before we before we get into our next game, I want to go back to the Memphis topic here, because, again, I want to go back to this edit discussion because I have been so intrigued by the Memphis of it all, because I will still affirm that I think they edited him as being one of the worst HOHs with week two. But I think like, I'm still trying to figure out why the show is a referencing the committee so much for an alliance that does not exist. And B has Julie Chen Moonves every week be like, look what Memphis has done. See <laughs> the faces behind us. So Liana, especially as someone who watches the live feeds, what have been your thoughts about, the discrepancy between like Memphis on the show versus Memphis on the feeds for the past month. I mean, okay. The first maybe week, maybe week two, because Memphis was HOH that edit kind of made sense. But after that, this doesn't make sense at all. Although I do notice there's a discrepancy between Julie Chen, <laughs> Moonves, of course, and the edited show because it felt like the Sunday and the Wednesday episodes were very much like the Select Six. No mention of Memphis. And then all of a sudden we get to the exit interview with Kaser and Julie Chen is like, and Memphis put together the whole alliance. Like the 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 Sunday Wednesday episodes didn't even talk about the committee at all. I think a big part of it is just Julie wants to see the reaction. You know, she yeah. she's an interviewing someone. She wants to see Janelle and she wants to see Kaser act shocked. Like, cause it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Memphis isn't even you know, running the show. She wants to convince Kaser and Janelle that Memphis is running the show so they can be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel so betrayed. You know what I mean? She wants the big TV moment. Uh, yeah, she wants, she wants the face crack under the mask ironically enough like you can't see them actually react to it yeah but, it, but it's like her information is so old like no one could have bothered to get her a new cue card that says like oh no no actually that's not what's happening anymore no one takes the committee seriously especially memphis like no one respects memphis as a game player Oh my yeah, goodness. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, just, yeah, watching that. Maybe it's because, and I think we talked about this a bit with um, Big Brother Canada 6. I know that my thoughts about, you know, why the edit was so vastly different from the feeds was because it's really tough to edit and streamline a very complicated game. And so they're like, if you have a big group, it's really easy. Again, we cut to their faces every time they're mentioned. So maybe because the committee was the first of these big groups. It's just easy to focus around. Also, there was so much other Memphis stuff. Um, he had probably the largest hat I've ever seen in my life in <laughs> when he was hosting the veto competition. That is legitimately the top of all top hats. It was a good two feet tall. And I, I'm like, I was so fixated on that hat the entire time. <laughs> it was so big. <laughs> 
I feel like Memphis is like just like the entire game. He's like half asleep. He's like, uh, what? Yeah, I'll just throw this on. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? He's he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. Sure. I guess this is what I'm here to do. You know, what? even though he's a little bit reluctant, he also just doesn't care. It's great. Oh, yeah. Memphis is so grumpy all the time. He's, he's been complaining about, oh, the lights are too bright. I'm going to go get floodlights and shine them <laughs> in the houses of the production members that are shining <laughs> lights in my face. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. So to see him, Mike, in the largest hat we've ever seen in the veto <laughs> competition, as the magician doing this whole bit was just absolutely hilarious. And knowing that his back was injured, I mean, I don't yeah. know if you guys saw in the, the HOA competition on Thursday he's like hunched over kind of like hobbling up the stage to get to the booth um you know obviously he's in better shape now but oh goodness I maybe is quite a point. character I don't know when he pulled his back maybe he was uh riding high on something for that veto competition you know like <laughs> pop him full a couple pills like hey house guests come on out wasn't that what he does when he like busts out of the yeah the yeah, he pulls, uh, basically DR? Pulls James Hewling he's like what are you doing uh, and basically tries to like freak everybody out by kicking down the door and screaming at everybody before like going back to grandpa mode. You know, I think like as like my favorite contestants start to dwindle, I think I'm going to just start to love Memphis after a while. Just because like, you know, he's not he, he he's kind of like like an ironic big brother player. We're a little bit where like we all know he's not going to make the right decision. But at the same time, like, he's just a little bit funny. He's a little bit like, if, why are you even here? Why is he just sitting on the chair, grumpy, drinking, drinking his coffee and just like cold as hell and complaining about everything? Like, it's kind of like, who put this guy here? He's kind of morphed into Jerry or something like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really good point. (laughs) He does have very Jerry-esque energy. And I feel like the morning talk show as well, that whole segment, I was just laughing the whole time with Memphis's deadpan. talk show host like uh, you're you want like your al roker or like your hoda kotby and imagine if you're watching a talk show and here comes memphis like hello everybody welcome to the news the news is the lights are too bright it's too <laughs> cold back to you caser yeah this is no welcome to the view welcome to the view welcome to the view type moment right just not here for it it's like the exact opposite of like the eric andre show where he's like really into it caser is it's the first ever talk show i've ever seen where the host doesn't even want to be there (laughs) like the late letterman days or something like that Yeah, the Eric Andre comparison is hilarious, though, because there's so many memes with the Eric Andre, like when he, you know, oh, th- this is all the committee's fault, you know, like yeah, with the gun. Yeah. Around. Well, very fitting. I- I'm going to give an excited welcome here because we have a very special guest crashing the middle of this. Get ready for a takeover. Rob Sestrino has joined the B&B. What? What? Uh, that I heard uh, I wanted to be a part of the Memphis talk show. <laughs> Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Do you know that often in the B&B, Mike and Liana are playing some games? <laughs> Just you better as pray to your mama that they're not super lame. Why do you have to pray that they're that are that are you are people worried that the games are going to be super lame on the B&B? 
I guess so. I, 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 mean, I don't know. Uh, depending on how you feel, they've always been lame uh, or they have it. So really lame is a, is a very, uh, it's a very subjective term, but we have brought Rob here in the middle of this podcast because uh, when Liana and I talked about playing this particular game, Rob wanted in. I had FOMO. And as the, and as the architect of the BNB, I, I think it's only appropriate that we bring him on because Phil, we, we couldn't let the opportunity pass by here for a genuine film expert to not have the opportunity to talk about the resume of one Cody Calafiore, actor extraordinaire. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> the long, you know, I think he's going to win an Oscar in 10 years. I really think it's going to happen. He's going to go down as one of the greatest. I think he's actors. more likely to nab a role named Oscar than turn an Oscar anytime in the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right so here's gonna egot egot over all over the place yeah, okay <laughs> maybe the egot if all the everything is like a commercial or something like that the oscars commercials or whatever <laughs> yeah well maybe actually though he could be the first baby got the first uh egot plus a big brother winner <laughs> More like That's very hard to get. Yeah. take that whoopee nobody's ever done that before all right so here's what's gonna happen Welcome to the view I've, I've spent way too much time looking through Cody's IMDb and various projects. And I've assembled a list of multiple choice questions about his film career so far. So we're just going to go around the horn between the three of you. I do have some clips from trailers of upcoming Cody Calafiore projects. Suffice it to say, look, say what you want to about the guy. Uh, he has found work. I will not qualify the work. But he has found work and we're going to we're going to take a deep dive into this work and see how it compares. You know, he did not have a great week this past week, but maybe he had uh, some better weeks in the past on screen. I'm yeah, so I'm happy. So, <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you, uh, Mike and Liana, for letting me be here. And Phil, thank you for letting me crash your B&B episode. Hey, this is amazing. I'm super excited to, to do this. <laughs> All right. Well, Liana, let's let's start with you here. So, again, this is just going to be a straight up multiple choice question. How many acting credits does Cody Calafiore have on his IMDb profile? A, 10, B, 16, C, 20, D, 26. All right, so this is only acting credits. Only acting, not as self. self, Okay, because that would be obviously his big brother appearances. All right, I think I'm going to go with he was original season was BB 16. Let's go with B 16. Yeah, I didn't even realize that connection, but that is indeed correct. He has had 16 credits, including stuff to come, uh, stuff that is not out yet. And a couple of times he also appeared on The Bold and the Beautiful as well by a character named Cody, not as himself. Yeah, that's where the BB got comes from. It's actually bold and the beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to you, Phil. The vast majority of projects that Cody has worked on have been directed by one person. What is that person's name? Derek. Uh, Yes, well, you'd think so. Uh, But no, if that's the case, (laughs) Nicole Franzel would probably get more work, too. Uh, All right. A, Edwina Wood. B, Tanya Wiseau. C, Candy Kane. D, Dana DeCocteau. Um, I am going to go with Dana DeCocteau. Am I correct? You are not. Uh, Dana DeCocteau is a female version of David DeCocteau, who directed Santa's Summer House. Uh, the correct <laughs> answer is most of Cody's career has been supplemented by a woman 
who legitimately goes by the legal name of Candy Kane. Uh, she has been the one oh, responsible. <laughs> the one responsible for Cody's fame on screen. Thank you, Candy Kane. You can address all letters of complaint <laughs> to Candy Kane, who assumingly lives at the North Pole. It's like the next um, yeah. Hitchcock and Jimmy Stewart or something like that. Like there's yeah. going to be match made in heaven. They're going to go down and continue making great work. Well, she comes from a prestigious line of great actors that her dad, Michael, is an incredible actor. <laughs> so that it's, it runs in the family. Yes, I believe Cody's uh, slated to be in the Cider House Rules 2 coming up very soon on Roku on Quibi. He's actually going to be doing the Michael Caine accent the whole time. You, I saw him practice it in the house in the live feeds. Um, you know, needs <laughs> a little bit more work. But, I'm calling know. a house mating. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur now. All right, let's get into. We're getting into Cody's resume specifically now. So, Rob, uh, Cody's first major project is a film called What Happened Last Night. Yes. in which Cody plays a, a very jolly frat bro. So in the uh, there, exactly role of a lifetime. Uh, so I've watched the trailer for what happened last night, and I'm going to give you four things. Cody in the trailer did three of these things. He did not do one thing. So give me the okay. one thing that Cody did not do in the trailer for what happened last night as Joe, the frat bro. Uh, a pulling on his shirt and calling it, quote, boyfriend material. B. A secret handshake that involves making an elephant trunk and noise. C. Celebrating a touchdown half-heartedly. D. Playing beer pong with Amber Rose. Hmm. Okay. Good question. <laughs> I think... What, what, can I hear the, the choices one more time? Sure. So, did Cody not A. Pull on his shirt and call himself bull? boyfriend material yes b do a secret handshake that involves making an elephant trunk and corresponding sound uh mm -hmm. c celebrate a touchdown half-heartedly yeah and d play beer pong with amber rose so i believe amber rose is in the film i've seen the poster for this so i'm gonna say it's the elephant trunk I'm sorry, that is indeed the secret handshake of the Gammas, uh, the frat that exists in what happened last night. No, unfortunately, Cody did not uh, do the always important line of pulling on his shirt and calling uh, it boyfriend material. Oh, come on! But there's a really fun moment. I think my favorite has to be C, celebrating the touchdown, because literally it's like four guys sitting on a couch, and they all like in unison just stand up and go, touchdown, yay! Like, they're robots? It's mm. so strange. Oh, they were watching a football game. Yeah, but then they got a touchdown. But instead of, you know, celebrating, they just it was almost as if like church had gotten out and they like all just stood up to stretch their legs or something. It's like Yay. it's like the jury section in Big Brother where it looks like they're like watching the tape like live, even though it's always just like pre-recorded, being like, oh, wow. Wow, Davon won veto or something like that, you know? Yeah. Get Cody for the mass thing early on. He'd be perfect as one of those audience plugs. <laughs> Can't wait. You can do the elephant trunk. That's it. Right. Th that's something that I do need to see uh, what exactly that handshake was like. I don't remember if, uh, you know, if Derek and Cody ever had any type of handshake, but I'd like to think that they were inspired by one another. Well, don't worry. The handshake makes its way into another piece of media because uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. We're going to talk about Cody's 
fellow frat bro, because what happened last night alongside Cody stars someone who might be familiar to people who watch the Disney Channel, specifically Hmm. in the early 2000s. Liana, which former Disney Channel star also appears in What Happened Last Night? A. Ricky Ullman, a.k.a. Phil from Phil of the Future. B. Clayton Snyder, a.k.a. Ethan Kraft from Lizzie McGuire. C. AJ Troth, a.k.a. Twitty from Even Stevens. Or D. Orlando Brown from uh, That's So Raven as the role of Eddie. So it's not Amber Rose. Amber Rose was not a Disney Channel star, I believe. Ah, yes. Okay, gotcha. I have absolutely no idea. I do remember watching Phil of the Future, so that's going to be my answer. Uh, You looked into the future and did not get the correct outcome. It is uh, Clayton Snyder, dumb Ethan Kraft from Lizzie McGuire, who ended up starring (laughs) along, who was the star of What Happened Last Night. Phil, did you know that? I had no idea, although Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like this movie was rejected by Walmart for the bargain bin. They didn't even want anything to do with it. This cast sounds horrible. (laughs) Well, don't worry, because what happened last night was so wildly successful, it earned a spinoff TV series. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, no. It is currently on Amazon, but it has a different name. They recast Cody? No, no, no. Cody is a star. He's still a part of it as Joe the Frat Bro. But Phil, <laughs> what, what is the name of this spinoff series? A. What happened last year? B. Hearts and Frats. C. Walk of Shame. D. New Dogs, Old Tricks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. All right. I'm going to say it was... Um, I, I feel like with Amazon, with TV shows, they want that really just catchy title. So I'm going to go with B. What is it? Like frats and... Hearts and frats? Hearts and frats. I feel well, like There's nothing catchier than hearts and frats. <laughs> really no, rolls on the tongue. <laughs> what an idiom. Well, I hate to break your heart and not your frat. That is incorrect. No, the spinoff is named New Dogs Old Tricks, which has mm. nothing to do with the name of the movie it's spun off of, despite featuring the exact same characters. It's like they got a computer to like literally gen. I bet they literally did get a computer to watch the show. It is Amazon. Generate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever title. I, I just don't understand tricks. though, because like at least have it be related to college. New Dog's Old <laughs> Trick says nothing about like college life. Wait, you said it was a spinoff. Yes. So, so but is it? Or I guess a TV adapt, TV sequel series, I guess we can call it. So is it the same actors and the same oh, yep. characters? Yep. Oh, but they're still in college. Yep. Is okay. it a sequel? Like, is it or they did they remake the movie? Or do you yeah. have to watch the movie to watch New Dog Old Tricks? How yeah. would you know? <laughs> is it part of the extended What Happened Last Night universe? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, someone's Clayton Snyder's going to walk on and be like, oh no, you don't understand. He's actually a character from What Happened Last Night, and he actually has an important mm. role with Joe. You need to understand the, uh, the 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 canon in order to really get into New Dog's Old Tricks. How many seasons of New Dog's Old Tricks? Currently two. Two. Wow. Would a better name have been New Dog's Old Guy? 
Oh, if only. Though I know a couple people that would have been really angry that that Amazon could have stolen the title away from them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, how, wait, G-O-G. How, for season three, if they're shooting that, like, how are they they going to explain where Joe the frat bro went? Like, what <laughs> they're are they going to say? He probably went onto a reality show, but they're going to do some sort of stupid name for it, like, oh, a large uncle Joe's going on it, so I guess he won't be on this season. <laughs> they let it they let him out of college he took a semester off to go play candy crush it's fine yeah. but how is he on new dogs old tricks but also in the big brother house i don't get it yeah was that uh candy crush or candy cane uh directed by candy, <laughs> candy crush directed by candy cane yeah it's within the larger candy cane thematic universe Rob. yes does candy cane have anything to do with the show mike or, or oh no? yeah oh yeah she wrote it and directed it. Cool. <laughs> this is a candy cane helmed vehicle, Phil. Mm-hmm. This is really auteur Which work. Is ironically, right here. probably a candy cane truck uh, that is her vehicle. <laughs> All right. So, Rob, surprisingly, another Big Brother alum plays a recurring role on New Dog's Old Tricks. Yes. Who is that Big Brother alum? Is it okay. A, Jesse Goddard, B, Austin Madelson, C, Hayden Moss, D, Frankie Grande. It's A, <gasps> Jesse. That is correct. Mr. Spectacular is on New Dog yes. Old Tricks. <laughs> uh, I knew this because that I had uh, been uh, talking about some of Jesse's uh, social media postings, which do not seem to necessarily match up with a guy whose uh, you know whole thing is that uh, you need in the gym all the time. He's wrestling, but yet somehow he's always like uh, tweeting about ratings and overnights from uh, Big Brother and posting very generic comments on Instagram. And somebody had sent me yesterday. Uh, that Jesse commented on the YouTube comments for one of these movies. So I knew that Jesse had to be somewhere in the Candy Cane extended universe. (laughs) Yes. So unfortunately, I don't know. So I haven't seen New Dog's Old Tricks. I may have to check it out just to see Jesse Goddard's like not act like Mr. Pectacular. Assuming so. Who knows? Maybe Candy Cane just made like gave him a different name like Evan but still put him in like a Speedo and just flexing his muscles in every shot. No doubt. No doubt. He's not wearing sleeves or pants. If two Big Brother players are on this show, I feel like after the season, like if if this is a part of the BB canon, like I think you guys should (laughs) podcast about the season and talk about the strategy of new dogs and old tricks like it was just another BB season or at least the Jesse and Cody episode. Phil, let's see when they film another Survivor season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We might be going all in on the extended Cody Calafiore film and TV works. I feel like this makes sense, Liana. You know, we were talking about new school and old school. Maybe we should call it it new dogs and old tricks. Yes. Rebrand it. That's what I'm saying. A real old tricks player. Yeah. Look. Tyler didn't get cast in a candy cane movie to uh, have old tricks be called boring, okay? (laughs) I can see the memes now. (laughs) All right. Liana, speaking of celebrities, quote unquote, which A-lister has Cody not appeared in a project with? So again, three of these celebrities Cody has indeed been in a movie with. One of them he has not. Hey. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Just to clarify, were they ever acting in the same scene together? Is I that believe, a yeah, I believe they've actually they were on the same call sheet at one point in time. So yes, Cody Calafiore has looked into the eyes of these celebrities. 
Is it A, Ice T? B, Vivica A. Fox? Mm. C, Nene Leaks? Or D, DMX? What an A list. What an A list. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure Ice T is one of them because. Polly, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but Polly Calafiore and Cara are also raising money for a new movie. And for some reason, I believe Ice T's name was like brought up in relation to that. So I don't know how one of the one of their stretch goals, the celebrity that they would get. So I think that one is correct. Now, I have absolutely no idea on the rest of them. So I am just going to go ahead and guess. Okay, well, DMX must have nothing better going on. So he's probably one of them. What were B and C again? Vivica A. Fox or Nini Leakes? I feel like I'm going to go with B here. I'm sorry. Nini Leakes has not been featured in a California project. Vivica A. Fox has. <laughs> ah, Rob, you, we wondered how we followed up the, the Celebrity Apprentice and apparently for Vivica mm -hmm. A. Fox, it's a California <laughs> yeah, project. Usually the rule is if they've been on Celebrity Apprentice, they're open to anything. <laughs> That's true. Although Nene Leakes has been too, so I guess uh, you know. You were <laughs> yeah, but I believe uh, Ice T is in a film called Clinton Road, uh, which mm -hmm. is sort of like a horror film based in New Jersey. And I believe Ice T is sort of like this mysterious stranger who approaches Cody in a bar to tell him about this haunted road. Oh my god, mm -hmm. that's like uh, I'm pretty sure that's how an SVU episode starts as well. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> And actually, another fun fact as well, I found out that if we're talking about other reality TV alumni, Cody has starred in projects with not one, but two American Idol alumni. Uh, he starred Ooh. in the aforementioned uh, Clinton Road with Ace Young and also starred in a movie with Constantine Maroulis, the same film as DMX is in. Oh, wow. Wow. That one truly is star studded cast. All right, let's move on here. Phil, uh, I think Rob is familiar with the series Little Cupid, which Cody has uh, recently starred in. So Cody is a main role in the series Little Cupid. Who does he play? A, a restaurateur who is the only one that can see Cupid. B, an attractive teacher helping one of his students find love in the schoolyard. Cody's not C, a teacher. C, a dog walker who looks after an amorous dog named Cupid. D, a dead Marine looking to get his angel wings by helping people fall in love. You know, <laughs> I don't think that Cody has the, the dramatic nuance to tackle the role of a dead Marine. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with C, with C, the, 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 the dog walker or what, what have you. Is that correct? How dare you? Cody Calafiore does and did have the capacity to play a dead Marine who is looking to get his angel wings. Oh, my God. Fall in love. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I know that, that, you know, D is the correct answer here, but Phil is not wrong. But Cody Calafiore <laughs> does not. Hey, how dare you? The uh, Calafiore family loves drama. I don't deal with drama. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Actually, let me let me stop down for a second. Let me play the trailer for a little Cupid, and I can sort oh, of describe no. uh, what's going on here. Because uh, they are they sort of drop us in the middle of this. I had to actually read the description to find out who Cody was playing. He just sort of appears in fatigue, sitting next to a young girl who looks at least twelve years old and who is supposed to be his daughter. Uh, so, listen, no judgment on uh, 
private. So I think that in the, this is how this was described to me. Like Cody's in a movie with a, with a girl that's supposed to be his daughter, but there's no way. But I believe that uh, when you die, you become the younger, most virile version of yourself. So as a ghost, he has turned back into younger Cody Calafiore. Wait. So Cody's playing an old man, an old man. No, dead he's Marie. dead. He's dead. He's right. the ghost. But the okay. ghost is the young version. Right. Of yes. so, so like, of like, God help us. If yes. Rob Cesarino should well, die today, it would be the image of him as a no, model no, no. in 2002. So, okay. So I, I think that if I had to guess, I think that he's actually been dead for a long time. I don't know if the daughter knew him. So I don't think he got old and then died and then is recently visiting. I think that he died <laughs> as a young man, sadly. And then his daughter has grown up and is wondering who her dad is. And he is visiting her as a ghost. Uh, remake of Ghost Dad. Because <laughs> that really, really needs a remake. <laughs> no, Ghost Dad is a different plot. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. All right, let's 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 get into this. And I think uh, we'll really, I think, be able to judge from the forefront just from an audio perspective as to Cody's acting skills here as the yes. dead, dead Marine. I don't help people fall in love. How are you going to do that? With your help. Me? Yeah. You're going to be my little Cupid. That sounds kind of fun. Kind of fun? We're going to help people fall in love and be hanging out with your dad. It's going to be a blast. Do I get arrows? No, you don't get arrows. But you said Cupid. Angela, you're not going to be running around shooting people with arrows. What's Angela? Oh. There are rules, by the way. These are the rules. Okay, tell me the rules. No one can know that you see me. No one else can see me or hear me. Just you. Rule number two. You can't tell anyone what we're doing. Not even the people that we're helping. Okay. When we're done setting up all the people that I have to, when I finally earn my wings, go to heaven. Got it. That was fun, Dad. It was. It was more like sweetheart. Like you said, I get it from Mom. Yeah, but you get your looks from me. So what now? Ew. I don't know. I gotta go talk to the big man upstairs, and you gonna tell me what to do next? Derek? Angela? Oh, hi, Mom. Who are you talking to? No one. All right, I got stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, listen, judge for yourself, okay? Uh, whether or not Cody sold the line, I've got to go talk to the big man upstairs. I, I, <laughs> I, does Cody have any, um, like, backup? career choices if the acting thing doesn't really work out. I, I, I'm i very curious about that. That whole trailer, even like the music that was playing, what was that? The the, the xylophone thing that they found on, they, they made on GarageBand in mm-hmm. 10 yeah, minutes. Jane probably is like a, a self-starter. She probably made it up. Liana, any takes from your end about the, the trailer for Little Cupid? I mean, do you think the big man upstairs knows about Angela's cookbook? Because, I mean, I I heard that that's something that you can order. (laughs) 
Uh, I think my favorite part also of this trailer, which with the video component, he awkwardly pats his daughter on the head, which is one of my favorite moments. Yeah, um, I think he's sort of like, I'm a ghost. Am I allowed to touch her? I, we'll try it and see if it works. <laughs> see if it works. Uh, but could you imagine, though, if instead of going with Cody, they went in a different direction where uh, if Enzo was the ghost apparition visiting his daughter to try to bring love to the world. Yo, I'm trying to get my wings, yo. <laughs> trying to clip them, yo. Let's clip them. <laughs> the meow, meow. I got to talk to the big man upstairs, yo. That's what I'm saying. You got to get me into heaven, yo. <laughs> After a dead aspiring rapper reaches back out to his daughter, asking to shave random people's backs so he can earn his fedora to get into heaven. <laughs> but you get your rap skills from me, yo. <laughs> pat, pat. Wait, is that the movie that DMX is in, or is that is that something different? <laughs> DMX plays God. <laughs> Come on in. DMX as God. It's <laughs> the big man upstairs, the Rob. Big okay. man upstairs. <laughs> I just love he just casually puts out like rule number three. When I get my angel wings, I go to heaven. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, a Renap episode, right? Like, you yeah. guys are trying to get into heaven. Yes, yes, you're interested to get enough people married. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Same thing. Exact same thing. C- Cody's uh, acting voice is literally just whispering. That's all he's doing. He's just not speaking at full volume, and that's enough for him. That's Juilliard. That's all he really needs. Does that mean Danny Briones is the best actress in the house? If that's, if, if it's whispering is an indicator? <laughs> I guess so. Yvonne's yeah. giving her lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's also, so I'm just looking here. Angela must help her dad. A Marine presumed killed in action to get her, his angel wings by helping people fall in love. Also starring Stephanie Bloom, I disavow that last name, in the touching role of Allison's mom. You guys aren't related? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> if she was in a movie with Cody Calafiore, you have to disown her. I'm so sorry, Mike. That's but. the rule, unfortunately. <laughs> that would right. be one awkward family reunion. Rob, let's go to you here as we move yes. on. Cody's in a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, he's in yes, a lot of oh. Christmas and a lot of Christmas movies. What is the name of one of the Christmas movies? So one of these are a real name of a Christmas movie that Cody's Got in, it. and three of them are fake. Yes. A. Mistletoe and Ivy. B. Boughs of Holly. C. Declan the Halls. Boughs of Beth. Was that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, David Jackson is in that one. D Jingle Bell, spelled B E L L E. Oh, this is tough. Uh, can I hear them one more time? Sure. It's Mistletoe and Ivy, Boughs of Holly, Declan the Halls, and Jingle Bell. Um, I think the real one is Mistletoe and Ivy. That is correct. Yes, indeed. Or I guess Ivy and Mistletoe is is the proper name. Is that a play on words? Oh, yes, it is. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I have the trailer for Ivy and Mistletoe, which is coming very soon, actually. I believe November 1st. Are they buddy cops, Ivy and Mistletoe? (laughs) No, uh, there's Mistletoe involved, but one of the characters is named Ivy. So we're going to play this trailer and I'm going to it's very visual. So I'm going to describe sort of what's going on when nobody's nobody's talking. But we're going to listen to the we're going to listen to the eponymous Ivy talk first here. I can't get a flight out until the day after Christmas, Mom. Everything is canceled. We'll just postpone Christmas till you get here. Ivy wants to spend the holidays with her family. Postpone Christmas? No way! I'm going to drive. What? 
Sometimes life is other plans. Thank goodness you found me. You okay? Yes, but my car is stuck and oh, I have a flat. You got two flats. Can you get me to Boston? Boston's a six-hour drive in good weather. This Christmas, Ivy will discover that not getting what she wants is huddled with a blanket. Uh, might be exactly what she needs. And then they're making cookies. If anyone should have a restaurant in this town, it's you. Uh, she has like a plate of charcuterie and it focuses on a chandelier. And then this man is saying grace, I think. A focus on a Christmas tree. Uh, then Cody's smiling. This Ivy woman's Have you ever thought that maybe Max was your reason? Cody's walking down the stairs in a tie. Ivy's smiling at him. And they go in for a little bit of a kiss. It's very awkward. This Christmas, enjoy a new holiday romance from Candy Cane. The celebrated writer and director of What Happened Last Night, New Dogs, Old Tricks, and Little Cupid, and the award-winning producer of Anacostia, The Break with Benjamin Bryant, and Unraveling Knots, featuring Cody Calafiore, first villain Julianne Michelle, Carrie Genzel, and Cynthia Gibb. And they kiss as they slow pan to the mistletoe right above them. Ivy and mistletoe. Oh, and then there's a dog that's walking on the on the couch for some reason. They did a 10 second marketing. shot of a dog on a couch. <laughs> we heard dogs play well, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I have, uh, you know how normally trailers actually tell you about the movie. I have no idea what this movie is about. Except for the fact that Cody had a really awkward, what I believe to be a pickup line of, "You've got, hey baby, you got two flats. No, I think she literally has two flat tires. No, but I agree with Liana. It sounds really <laughs> euphemistic. Even if it shouldn't be like... What's the euphemism <laughs> of, you've got two flat tires? It sounds like an insult. Listen, uh, his brother is used to giving certain derogatory statements about things on people's chats. Maybe Cody's, maybe that's a Cody Calfiore ad-lib. I think the trailer is not giving up enough because obviously there's a twist in the movie and the mm-hmm. twist is that the movie's actually horrible. <laughs> they they switch it at the in, the in the back half of the movie and you realize, oh wait, this is actually complete dog crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's you know that, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I got to think that Candy Kane, the first conversation with Cody when he gets out of the house is like, so can you get Christmas for a cameo? <laughs> for a no, character Christmas. named... Oh, no. I was going to say, Christmas is going to be the star. Like, this is everything... Christmas star, put her on top of the tree. This is everything Candy Cane wants in a person. It is a blonde female named Christmas. This is like mm-hmm. an opportunity landed in her lap. She could make an entire universe out of Christmas. Not just Christmas, Christmas joy. And think about it. Like they already have all of the little sound clips from Big Brother. Just take all those jingles. I think that's pretty much how they made the soundtrack to this movie, just clipping together all of those. So I think it fits. Yeah. Do you think that Christmas, when she makes those poems, when she's on the nomination block, she's not actually doing it for anybody else except for Candy Cane? There's an audience of one. It's like, bravo. My bravo. God. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, like skip the bold and the beautiful. You're going straight to Candy Kane's films. <laughs> <laughs> A CC God. 
Oh Cody, my God. Cody just told her to do it right before. It's, it's the audition process. That's what you have to do. You have to memorize one of those poems. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's Mistletoe and Ivy coming next month. Uh, or no, sorry, November 1st. Uh, Liana, yeah. I know that's going to be right after Big Brother 22 finishes, but smart. Might, smart. Might, mm-hmm. might still be looking to, to fill that off season with, with some stuff. Because it does, to Phil's point, I believe the plot <laughs> is that Cody ivy and those two flats uh get like invited to like her family christmas celebration and so she essentially invites a complete stranger to be uh and i guess her mom calls her him like her reason and so they fall in love i believe where's the little cupid (laughs) wait did they have to postpone christmas Right, because she she was, I guess she like was gonna have trouble getting there, and then she or she got a flat tire in the I snow. Bet that they bring her to his Christmas. It sounds like she needs to get somewhere. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is they it bring is her it, to the Calafiore family Christmas? Do they make it to Ivy's family, or is Cody kissing his dad in those <laughs> scenes? We just missed it. Oh, actually, so. you know what? That's a good point. Maybe Ivy is in his love interest. Maybe she's his sister. You know, I'm really starting to think that maybe the trailer isn't incoherent. Maybe the actual movie is just yeah. incoherent. Yeah, so and you it's mentioned an trailer. Yeah. I was going to say you mentioned it was a twist. Mm. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on here. Liana, which one of these is not the name of a character that Cody has played? Mm. A. Max Carson. B. Gabe Corsetti, C. Eric Dittmeyer, D. Tyler Jensen. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, can you read them one more time? Sure. Max Carson, Gabe Corsetti, Eric Dittmeyer, Tyler Jensen. Eric Dittmeyer? That is, cor- that is correct. That's a fake name that I use, actually. Uh, that is that is correct. The other what do you three- mean that's a fake name that you use? <laughs> Sometimes, if I don't want to give away my name, I call myself Eric Dittmeyer. Like, where <laughs> are you that you don't want to give away your name? <laughs> like, at a know. restaurant? Like, like when like you go, a- like, go to a hotel and they're like, uh, that, please, like, uh, that this is Eric Dittmeyer. <laughs> if anybody finds out, <laughs> Mike Bloom is staying here. Exactly. Those hourly charged hotels. Maybe you do a lock of Eric Dittmeyer, you'll you'll see a trail a mile wide. <laughs> now we know. Eric Dittmeyer. So yeah. I, behind I, you, Mike. I used to play a lot of uh, online reality games and they would like ask for your information. And so I'm like, I don't want to give my personal information away. And so I would use the name Eric Dittmeyer. Eric Dittmeyer. What's the Why? meaning of yeah. Eric Dittmeyer? Um, I don't know where Dittmeyer came from, but Eric Eric, I went through a period in time where like people would approach me and be like, you don't look like a Mike, you look like an Eric. Uh, and so I decided to, maybe it was also around the time of BB-8, so I wanted to name it after America's Player. And Dittmeyer, you just came up with that? I just came up with the last name <laughs> That was all you? <laughs> that was an MB original or an, or an ED original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah so, his, does he have a middle name? Your fake uh, character or no? Uh, oh yeah, uh, Louise. L D E, yeah, L E D E E L D was E L D E L D energy there, Mike. Oh no, uh, yeah. So Max Carson is actually the name of of Cody's character from Mistletoe and Ivy. Mm. Uh, Gabe Corsetti is the name of the dead marine he plays in Little Cupid, 
And Tyler Jensen is the name of the character he plays in Clinton Road as he's approached by Ice-T about a haunted road in New Jersey. Ooh. Look, Tyler Jensen didn't call Clinton Road haunted for what insert meme there <laughs> call something I, old tricks yeah <laughs> all right phil one of cody's upcoming movies is called magic in mount holly surprise surprise no it's bad. a christmas movie uh in which so in in magic of mount holly a a set of shoes you know, they find a set of shoes that can allow you to live someone else's life B, they find a stocking that has a perfect Christmas gift for each person in it. C, it has a pair of glasses that let you see into people's hearts. D, it has a paintbrush that can predict the future. Can you say those one more time for me, please? Liana is breaking. (laughs) Just to be clear, one of these things actually does exist as a plot point in the movie uh, Magic at Mount Holly. So we have A, a set of shoes that can allow you to live someone else's life. Oh B, God. a stocking that has a perfect Christmas gift in it for each person. C, a pair of glasses that let you see into people's hearts. D, a paintbrush that can predict the future. Ugh. They're really just making anything nowadays. Um, I'm going to go with B. Is that right? No, uh, Magic in Mount Holly, believe it or not, is focused around a young woman named Holly coming into possession of a paintbrush that can predict the future. What? Uh, what do you mean? Like when she, like when she tries to paint, it'll paint for her, and yes, it'll tell Isaac her- Mendez from Hero Style. She will. She <laughs> paints, and the paintbrush predicts what's going to happen. And it's a Christmas movie, right? It's Christmas. It's, oh, don't forget your mom. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, we all know painting. Like that's the, the what we do. We drink hot cocoa, sit by the fire, and then we just paint and predict our future. <laughs> I guess new, new version of tarot cards. I couldn't decide which one I thought was funnier. I think my favorite are the shoes that allow you to live someone else's life because it doesn't. Oh. It doesn't even sense is it one pair of shoes that then morphs or like how does that even work oh liana you are clearly not a fan of adam sandler's the cobbler because that is the plot of it adam sandler puts on a pair of shoes and he transforms into that person yeah i'm sorry uh, i don't have a deep bench when it comes to all my sandler references uh, although the the glasses to see in your heart as well i also thought were funny because i just imagine them as just like he's got cardiomyopathy like is that actually what he wants it's just, my god his cholesterol <laughs> that, uh, heart right or that right heart valve checked out man all right so, I, have a, oh, I have a question mike oh sorry of course uh, where are these movies going? Like, I- I'm confused as to <laughs> <laughs> what exactly after Candy Kane finishes editing yeah. and the movie's done, where is she putting it? Because I've never seen any of these in like the theater. Of course, the theaters yeah. are closed. Maybe so, it's a drive-in thing now. I actually do think that. So the, the there is a big business for all these movies. I I think that to make it, I think you end up on all the. There's all these different. Hallmark channels, just ask uh, Matt Elrod slash Wyatt Nash. They they show holiday movies 24-7 starting from at least November 1st. Then I also think that there's other networks, like I think that WeTV gets in on this. So there are a, a lot of cable outlets that are looking for these. And then I think a lot of them probably also go to Amazon, uh, just on demand, where people can watch them. So I think that the, like, the, the dream 
is that Hallmark picks up one of these and puts it in the rotation. Which is probably That's why she puts out like six Christmas movies, right? Like it really is casting the net wide of, well, if I put out 10 Christmas movies, if she yes. gets one, that's Still, a 10% success. This that's should pro- be your next project. That's what I'm saying, yo. I might just get on this Hallmark game. And, but man, you know what I mean? Just shoot something for 5,000 bucks and everyone watches it. I, I yeah. think that's probably why her name is Candy Cane though, right? Yes. I mean, I feel like that would make sense. Just credibility. Marketing that, Instantly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Make like one every winter, single year. Eric Dittmeyer comes into finding a pair of glasses to let you see other people's hearts. <laughs> you know, she should listen to this. We got pitches for our next next five years, next five Christmases. We got starring Nene Leaks. Yeah, Phil, you really just need to get an internship on uh, what was it, uh, NDOT, and then I think you're in that universe. You're ready to go. Listen, this is my neck. This is my side hustle. I'm I'm done with after Rob at the podcast. That's my next thing, yo. Go for it. <laughs> All right, Rob. Cody yes. has a project that's currently in pre-production called Days Like This, and we'll see how long it takes until it actually comes into production. Which is surprise, surprise, directed by Candy Kane. Um, and the, the po- we only see the poster. How about in the Cody- ultimate twist? Is Candy Kane actually Cody Calafiore? Ah, they have <gasps> same initials. <laughs> you never saw that coming. Check the hotel registries, guys. <laughs> yes. It's the Eric Dittmeyer of Cody Calabria. <laughs> All right. So the po- we all we have so far is the poster, which yes. picks like a very like bedraggled Cody hunched over in a chair, like bedraggled. Uh like just like a little worse for where like I can't believe okay. I'm in this mess. Uh and yeah. there's one there's one tagline over the poster for days like this what is that tagline a three's company four's a problem b the enemy of my enemy is my girlfriend (laughs) c if the shoe fits sell it (laughs) d shoe fits you can see somebody else's life exactly (laughs) the adam sandler tagline yes d don't look a gift horse in the heart hmm what's the name of the film again Days like this. Days like this. Okay. I'll say the enemy of my enemy is my girlfriend. Nope, that is a Mike Bloom original. Uh, oh. No, unfortunately, it is three's a company, four's a problem. Uh, I don't know what that means. Maybe this is some sort of polyamorous relationship going yes. awry. Yes. Right, well, he is in an alliance called Triple Threat, so that does make sense. Uh, so three's company, four is a crowd. Yeah, I think that's what Kaser was actually talking about last night in in his uh, speech. No, Mike, I have I have a question. <laughs> yeah, love triangle. Yeah, yeah, love triangle. Um, what is a gift horse? Do you make that up? Well, so that's there's the phrase don't look don't don't look a gift horse in the mouth, uh, uh, which is uh, sort of like a Trojan horse thing of like don't kick it, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Uh, right. I change it to don't look a gift horse in the heart, which could be something romantic. Yeah, but- I suppose. Trojan horse is bad. Trojan horse is like, hey, you think you're getting something good, but it's actually bad. You don't look a gift horse in in the mouth. Is that like, hey, you got something for free? Why are you complaining about it? Right. <laughs> I feel like you would want to look a gift horse in the heart, though, right? You want to see like the Trojan horse. You want to see what's going on under there. You know, really, you don't want to stand behind it, no matter what. That's right. really where you can get yourself into trouble. Yeah, that exactly. really was the tagline for days like this. Don't stand behind the gift horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did uh did the magic paintbrush paint the the poster, the poster. Mike? Yeah. yeah actually and you can actually see if you put on special glasses you can see inside the gift horse and see its heart uh so mm-hmm. it's very very easy all right so 
at the end of all this, we have a tie between Liana and Rob. I'm so happy we do because I have a tiebreaker. Uh, oh get boy! Your, get your pads and paper out here. So, as Liana mentioned, Polly Calafiore and oh. Cara Maria Sorbello from yes. the challenge are making a feature film called Peekaboo. I need you to write down for me currently on Indiegogo how much money has been made to back this film. Oh man. Mm. Whoever gets it, it the closest wins. <sighs> is it closest or is it prices right, right rules? We'll, closest we'll go, we'll go closest over. here. Closest. closest. Okay. All right, we'll put on some uh, some nice music while uh, let's see while all this is happening. Okay. Stupid. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Rob, how much money has Peekaboo, starring Polly Calfiore and Carmaria, made on Indiegogo so far? I'm going to say that Polly and Cara Maria are stay crushing it. Uh, at eleven thousand dollars is my bid. All right, Liana. Okay, I said one thousand dollars. <laughs> one thousand dollars. So Polly and Cara have put in a goal of seventy thousand dollars for Peekaboo to help make their future f- feature film dreams come true. They currently have raised. Five hundred and twelve dollars. Oh. <laughs> oh. I thought they had the clout. <laughs> well, I only get you so far, and then five hundred dollars from it. Got to get that candy cane money. Mm, boy, five hundred twelve dollars. That doesn't even get you half a day at Nicole's wedding. <laughs> My God! And apparently, though, to your point, Liana, I believe this is a candy. Actually, you know what? This is a campaign from Candy Cane. Candy oh, cane. No. Hmm. The plot thickens. Uh-huh. Well, yes. I mean, look, it's not a it's not a Christmas holiday movie, right? Yeah. It's a horror movie. She's not, you know, Jack O' Lantern. This is Pauly Maria, they need to just get destination wedding, invite all of the Big Brother and Challenge alumni, three thousand dollars to show up. They've got the money right there. Film the movie at the wedding. You've got everybody there. It's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I need to read the stretch goals because I just read this for Peekaboo. So mm-hmm. they set it stretch goals. So they set it at a very conservative seventy thousand dollars. Again, of which they made five hundred twelve dollars <laughs> up. Okay, at one hundred thousand dollars, quote, we'll cast a well-known actor. Okay. All right. Yeah. What is that? Carrie online too, yeah. sir. It means you cast Cody. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> $150,000. Our film will, one, will run for a week in theaters in NYC and Los Angeles. Doubtful. I don't know about that. Was this pre-COVID or post-COVID? Because if it's oh, post-COVID. post-COVID. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Are you saying that Paulie is not up to speed on all of the precautions to take during coronavirus? <laughs> How dare you, Phil? All right. Well, luckily, yeah. at the mere price of $250,000, a sequel would already be in the works. It simply says, we'll make another film. Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. They'll have the leftover money, so sure. At $375,000, we'll make a TV or web series, too. 
Why not? (laughs) Where is this coming from? Who are they talking to that they're able to just set up a TV show? I'm so confused. (laughs) I think they're just rambling at this point. Somebody wrote it down as stretch goals. Uh, At $500,000. Oh, they're stretch goals. We'll be able to bring Peekaboo to Sundance, quote, (laughs) or the like. (laughs) Or the like. And my. In my experience of submitting like just stuff to festivals and stuff like that, if you it, that's not how it works. <laughs> Absolutely not. The movie has to be a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And just just if you have five hundred thousand dollars, you can't just oh yeah, we're gonna just go to the greatest film we're gonna go to the best American film festivals. Yeah, well if we have five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I would like to share with everybody here in Sundance. A brand new film. So, speaking of dance, treasure called Peekaboo. Yeah. <laughs> at at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god! We'll make a pilot for a reality show. I don't think this has anything to do with the, the movie at this point. What? I feel like that's the more marketable thing, yeah. right? I feel like that yeah. is what they're known for. <laughs> at and at one, one million. Oh <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, at $1 million, why don't you give a guess, Rob? Uh, We will cure coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, So close. We'll make a third film in a genre (laughs) voted on by backers. It's American choice. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I want to see them do like a war, World War II like epic. That's what I want to see Polly Calafiore tackle next. <laughs> Don't we all? And finally, two million dollars and up. And I mean this in all sincerity. This oh is God. what is written on the Indiegogo quote: "We'll make a life-changing film about a school shooting with A-list actors." You're joking, right? No. No. All right. <laughs> so shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. Oh my God. So suffice to say maybe we're drawing a bit more acclaim to this but let's not go to two million dollars <laughs> I think we're yeah. far enough we'll be okay <laughs> I maybe that's why no one's donating maybe it's not just because of you know like we don't want to see this movie we just don't want to reach that level <laughs> I guess I, I guess. have no idea the next bowling for Columbine oh my god wow well the Calipari brothers have just bought so much entertainment to this game. So, Liana, congratulates on the win. Rob, by the way, if, if Cody wins this season, they still would not be 25% of the way to that goal. <laughs> Thank goodness. No, but if Cody invests it all in here, you're, I guess if the stretch goals also similarly mean like it all stacks on top of each other, right? So, if you add $500,000, Peekaboo will get a well known actor. Will be running in NYC and Los Angeles and Sundance or the like. Another film will be made and a TV or web series based off the film. Hey, look, at the very least, uh, what a week it'll be on the B&B. <laughs> That's the one, one yes. good thing that might come from this. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on and submitting yourself to the resume. Thank you. This was the highlight of my day. Thank you for thank you for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come into the B&B and Phil. Uh, always great to chat with you, too. OK. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> All right. And uh, looking forward to hearing uh, very many reviews from 
the viewers of uh, the many film works of Cody Calafiore and hoping not to hear personally from Pauly Calafiore. Okay. <laughs> oh All right. Thank All you, everybody. Bye, bye Rob. <laughs> All right, Rob Sesternino, everybody. So close there, but I think we all won or lost in finding out the resume of Cody Calafiore. <laughs> I won. I won for sure. I'm going through every single one of the films. I'm going to watch New Dogs, Old Tricks, like right after this podcast is over, just so you guys know. <laughs> you can come back and be our uh, Cody Calafiore correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'll do. I'll keep up with those feeds 100%. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I was going to maybe have a discussion question, but to be honest, I don't even think I can top that. And I'm starting to get messages from my boss about like, why are you not doing work stuff? So I think I'm going to have to go ahead uh, and pass, even though I really have nothing to discuss. The thing I was going to bring up, though, was Julie Chen, of course, saying leave judgment at the door. Um, so I think really we can just add that to her list of taglines. And and I'm just curious to see where she's going to go from here. <laughs> I think it seems like her perpetual message is going to be about like being nice to people. So I guess we'll see. You know, I know that you and me and Maggie at Liana had done our draft of Julie Chen phrases. I guess maybe we didn't focus enough on like what it is to be nice to others. Mm -hmm. I think we went too broad. Uh, we thought they were going to be more general. We should have really focused in on a subtopic. Maybe we'll have to do another draft at some point, really focusing on how we can be kind to one another. I just I don't know where like all of Julie's phrases and stuff are like, just why? Why now? Why is this just Julie like talk, talking to people about like 2020? Like this is Julie handling like COVID and stuff like that. Just saying like, be kind. I, I, I don't get what why she's doing this right now. But it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> oh my goodness. Julie's message to the people. No, I will say, honestly, like, like just back to, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Paulie's thing again. Like, <laughs> all, like, my friends, you know, when, when we shoot a lot of, like, when we shoot films and stuff like that, you know, we do GoFundMes and we do Kickstarters and stuff like that. There's like, sometimes, like, films will make up to like $2,000 or something like that. I've literally never seen someone, of course, Paulie is not like someone of this magnitude, but that is criminally low. Although, thank God that he only made $500. That's, <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah, I remember, so somebody sent me the link before, but it was like right when they posted it, so they didn't have that much money. The fact that still they've only amassed $500 is hilarious and also a little sad. I'm surprised oh. that Cody's not talking about it on the feeds on the reg. Like, mm. hey, donate to my bro's thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I have Trying no idea. To, yeah, pump it up. Well, especially, you know, yeah. like, it buzz well, especially if it's, it's if it's a Candy Cane project, I also wonder if he's going to get tipped off as to when Ivy and Mistletoe drops, you know, could he plug that? Yeah. As, hey, well, I was just going to say, as we learned from uh, from the Memphis show, like they don't get any news, Mike. OK, <laughs> I would love to see that be like one of the competitions and like the prizes you get to win, like the, you get to watch you get it. To watch, yeah, you get to watch the the candy cane original, and Cody's <laughs> gonna be like, "Yo, that's me right here. This is my scene. <laughs> Look at yes. this." <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, to finish things off, uh, each and every week here on the B and B, we like to highlight a specific cause or or charity in the world today, outside of the Big Brother house and outside of the B and B. Uh, Phil, I don't want to, you know, completely put you on the spot, but as our guest of honor, I was wondering if you had any particular causes or charities you wanted to highlight as the guest of honor. 
Um, no, not not like something on, pre- really prevalent on the mind. If you guys want to go, I, I might think of something. But no, not not currently. I wouldn't say. Liana, do you have anything? Yes, I have one. Um, hold on one sec. I need to pull it up. So I heard about this actually on another podcast. Um, but. Bailey has been doing a lot of yoga uh, on the feeds, which I try to like, I've really tried to do yoga with them where like I get my mat out and I go along with Bailey leading yoga. Um, But usually they cut away because they're, you know, they're trying to focus on feed conversations. I'm like in downward facing dogs being like, crap, help. How do I get out? Yeah, Um, Please don't use Big Brother Life because it's a yoga instructional video. It's free, sort of, (laughs) with CBS All Access. Um, But no, so I would like to plug, um, it's called Black Boys Ohm, um, which which is a black focused uh, yoga like channel. They have a website. They do stuff online. They do stuff in person. Um, and so you can go to blackboysom.org because as someone who does a lot of yoga herself, not just from watching Bailey on the live feeds, um, I think yoga is something that's just been super, super valuable to me. And so the fact that this exists because, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, yoga is a white person thing, I feel like in the West, especially. And so what this does is this tries to reach out to show like, look, yoga and meditation is for everyone. Mindfulness is for everyone. And so you can go to blackboysohm.org. Um, they have like a donate or a give section um, and they talk about all of the stuff that they're doing. And so that's something that I think is super important. I know it's super important for me. And, and, and I think if everybody does yoga, I think we'll have a happy place where we can all put on the shoes of other people and learn about other people's lives and really just live harmoniously together. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's been it's been a, a tough few weeks, both on the inside and outside of the house. I think it's gotten people stressed and a bit wild up. And I do think that that yoga is something that can help sort of center yourself and focus yourself. And we're all about mental health here on the BNB, and especially uh, highlighting also a, a subsection of how maybe uh, yoga has become such a stigmatized practice in terms of what we usually think of when we think of a yoga instructor. So to draw uh, highlights on a specific community uh, that's associated with yoga, I think is is awesome. So be sure to check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes as well to that. Phil, thank you so much for coming into the B&B. We had such a great time and you have learned so much or have learned even less about filmmaking somehow based on what we've subjected you to. But you were such a great sport for all of this. And truly, I want to thank you for coming on and being such an awesome guest. No, thank you so much for having me. This was just I really just needed this for me, at least, just to be able to just laugh about stuff again, like with the Big Brother house going on. Um, and I'm just now super. I had no idea that Cody had such a, you know, expansive uh, career in filmography. So, you know, I'm I'm going to watch all of his films. I promise you the next time I watch I, next time I talk to you, Mike, I'll be a Cody Calfiori expert. One hundred percent. You can do your senior thesis on the works of either, of course, Candy Kane or Cody Calafiore, although it seems They're like the they thing. are the same person. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Well, if, Phil, if people want to keep track of you on social media, uh, what's the platform of choice and the handle? Um, so you can I actually changed my Twitter profile name. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at um, at Listen Up Philip. Um, at nice. with one L and then you, I'm also just still like watching movies and reviewing a lot of movies and TV shows. And you can follow me on that on letterbox.com slash P N T J R. 
Um, but yeah, that's what I'm up to right now. <laughs> All right, Liana, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Liana RHAP. Uh, we are wrapping up Canada's Drag Race. So the finale of Canada's Drag Race was uh, yesterday uh, when we are at the time of us recording. So uh, blah, 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 blah. Beth and Amon and I are going to get together. To are you sure it wasn't Kaser? I, I, it might be. Uh, we are going to get together to talk about the finale of, of Canada's Drag Race, which has just been so incredibly fun. Such a fun journey. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so definitely check that out. You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the exit press that I did with Kaser this week. Pinching myself, I got to talk with, with Kaser. Just an incredible, say what you want to about it as a player, but I think top five person to ever play Big Brother. And he, of course, gave a lot of really fun comments about his time in the house, what he thought about the house guests, and particularly the conversations uh, that he made that certainly, I think, really made our hearts particularly full as Big Brother fans over the past four weeks. You can check that out at Parade.com. Of course, Tough as Nails also finished up this past week. We got together with Phil Kogan to send off season one. I thought it was a really, really interesting finale. And Phil had some great insights, as per usual, to offer. And of course, doing our usual stuff with Beyond Top Chef, down the hatch, and I was able to uh, join Kevin Mahadeo and Latanya Starks on Everything is Super this week to uh, mourn the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman and talk about the life and legacy of both him and T'Challa the Black Panther. And it was a really fantastic discussion that should be hitting your feeds on Saturday morning if you're at all interested. So that's going to do it for this week on the BNB. Next week, you know what? We had a we had a a filled tea on this week. It only makes sense we have Jenny Autumn on next week. So <laughs> Jenny is making her return to the BNB as we talk about the final pre-jury week of Big Brother 22. What will the BB basement provide? Who the hell knows? But we're going to get into some stuff here with Jenny. If you have ideas for games that you want to send in, please do. You just heard what we did. We'll talk about literally anything Big Brother related. <laughs> R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com. I want to thank all of you from, for listening and supporting us through these weeks. Special thanks to Rob Cesternino for hopping on and playing the game with us and for being the architect of the BNB in general. Uh, special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing everything behind the scenes. I'm Will from America for his kick-ass theme song. Liana and I will be back next week with Jenny Autumn talking about week five. Until then, We'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Liana gather playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name.